the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers black and brown people's voices and experiences in discussions about unconventional parenting. How can we practice owning ourselves even more? Now that the closest, most noticeable version of Massa is at the helm, that is the question. That is the conversation that we will be having, Chris and I, with our daughters as the days continue. That is the conversation that we had at 1.30 in the morning when we left our friend's house after watching <laughs> what was happening, after realizing that an overt racist was now going to be at the helm, that all of these policies, this surveillance state, all of these powers would now be in the hands of this particular person. I'm recording this episode today. I'm not interviewing anybody. I'm just sharing a perspective. And I know I have a broad cross-section of people who listen. And I appreciate your listenership. But I'm hoping that as you've been listening to me or maybe reading my work prior to this, you understand that I don't do filters. I'm not going to be any less myself to be like politically correct or anything like that. Okay. So this is, this is as much of a, of a trigger warning, I guess, as I can give you. So today is Wednesday, November 9th and election 2016. Trump is president. For me and for a lot of people, it doesn't feel like a new set of fears. Ain't shit changed. It doesn't feel like, oh my God, what are we going to do now? There are some levels of urgency that I think for me just came from seeing it over and over again, reading people's comments online and getting phone calls from people. I, I know that those sort of things are at this moment because this part feels so fresh, him being at the helm, that is influencing where my thoughts are. So I'm working really diligently to keep myself grounded in what I know and what I've always known, which is that we get to own ourselves and it doesn't come without risk. And we won't all successfully own ourselves. Some of us have died and will die and will be locked up for attempting to own ourselves. That is the history of people of color in relation to America in particular and in relation to the white supremacy that is at the core of America in particular. I wrote something today on Facebook and um, I put it there because I wanted to have a hand in creating some sort of safe space where people didn't feel judged for how they voted or if they voted and they didn't feel blamed for what happened, but they got a chance to maybe look at it from a different perspective and ground themselves a little bit. I wanted to participate in that. And that's why I posted it. And I'm going to read it to you here. All of this is inspiring some long overdue conversation about what we can do about how we feel right now. I called my mother this morning to remind her not to get caught up in the hype. This is nothing new. It is more of the same for many of us. I reminded her that we are black. We're immigrants. We've always seen this country for what it is. And today, with Trump in office, that has not changed. But what might change now that he's in is us. Maybe more of us will feel compelled to stay the course when we have a vision to better ourselves. Maybe more of us will see each other through eyes of love and compassion 
because the wolf is no longer hiding behind policies and rhetoric and shit. The wolf is all up in our faces now, telling us what our stolen ancestors already knew. And what our people sitting unjustly in prison cells or rotting in graves after their state-sanctioned murders happened already knew. May all of this shit inspire all of us to stop hoping the system can change for us and for our children and families and start doing more work together to change our dependency on the system. (sighs) That sentiment that I know a lot of people share and have been sharing in their own way for years long before this and will continue to share long after this, that sentiment is really such a large part of why I'm doing this, this podcast, why I am slowly building this community with the help and support of so many people, including the nine people who became my patrons. Thank you very much. I'm on Patreon, as I've mentioned in in previous episodes, and I really appreciate the support because these are the sort of things that remind me that the work needs to be done and that I cannot sit back and focus on just my writing or just my classes or the myriad of other ways that I make my way in the world, that I also have to leave this sort of space really open and center myself and my people because no one else will do it for us. So part of why I'm sharing this with you here is specifically to address the question of what will I tell my children? I started out by telling you, what Chris and I were talking to our girls about, really tapping into how they're feeling at 12 and 10 and coming from a background of of having parents who told their asses from the beginning what the fuck goes down in America. I needed to know where they were before I could make any sort of decision or conceptualizing of what we needed to tell them. So that's my first bit of I guess advice, I don't like to use that term, but my my suggestion for you is to first check in to where your children are, right? Check in with them. See what they've been taking in. If they went to school today or they went to some learning space today or whatever they did today, find out what they got from that space. How are they feeling? That's always a good starting point because otherwise you're just kind of pouring onto them and not not checking in with where they are. And once you check in with where they are, See what you can do with the knowledge that you have and the resources around you, people and online, that sort of thing, to shore up whatever you need to say. People have been inboxing me saying that they don't feel like they even know enough about the process, the electoral process, to intelligently explain something to their child. And I look at that as another toxic effect of the school mindset. We feel like we have to have this perfect fucking presentation of our thoughts in order to be valid, in order to be heard. And I'm saying to you as a parent or a caregiver or someone who has a child in your life whom you love, that you do not have to be well-read. You do not even have to understand the system fully. I know a lot of my people as immigrants, some of us don't even fully understand the system. Shit. (laughs) Matter of fact, some of us, like when I applied for my citizenship, I bet you the shit that I studied, a lot of people who were born here don't even know. You do not have to be well rehearsed before you speak to anybody about your feelings or before you make space to be there for them with their feelings as it relates to this. So once you check in with your child and you've made it clear that you're available to listen and to have some sort of dialogue, just say what you know, say what you feel, 
look shit up together if you don't understand something, if you don't understand how Hillary didn't win because CNN's numbers said that she had this many and Trump had that many. Look the shit up. Go online and see people whose opinions you value, people who maybe do that sort of research. Look to them. Mother Jones has a great article on on their site now, motherjones.com, and I'll put that in the show notes page. Those are the main things that I wanted to say to tell you that if you're struggling with what to say to your children, you do not have to have all the answers before you talk to them. You are not the keeper of all the information. You are a space holder. You are a facilitator. You are a support system. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? For your children or for the children you love, you can start there. And I also encourage you to tell your children the truth. So many of us feel that the safest thing we can do because the world can feel so jacked up is to help our children preserve their childhood. But we are raising adults as I and other people on this very podcast have shared with you before. You're not raising a child. You're raising somebody who is becoming an adult every day. They're walking towards adulthood and God willing, they'll fucking make it there. So as they get there, we have to arm them with the truth. And we can tell them, as Chris and I tell our daughters, listen, we are coming from this particular perspective. Other people are coming from a different one. We believe what the hell we're saying, but we want you to do that sort of analysis and thought process and feeling through to see if you even connect with what we're saying. We feel like that's a right they have. And so we honor that right. So you can say to your child that I'm jaded as fuck and Maybe five years ago, I wouldn't have had this conversation with you, but this is where I am now. Be upfront with your child. But for God's sakes, do not silence yourself because you're afraid that your child knowing the reality is going to damage them in some way. Your child probably knows more than you assume they know to begin with. My children too. So I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm sure they know much more than I can even fathom that they understand. But the thing is that I respect that I won't always know where they are, and I respect them enough not to try to play the okey-doke and talk to them on some bullshit. And I'm encouraging you right now, especially since the wolf is in pure form. It's not hiding like it's been hiding before with past presidents, which I think is a good thing. I think that it's good that the fires, as I said before, will be lit under our asses to do something to organize in ways that maybe we weren't willing to before. Action is where we can move from the things that we hope for to being part of making that a reality. We show our children people who are organizing. We show our children people who are consistently speaking up, using privilege, which we all have some level of, as a platform to speak as a voice that recognizes injustice in so many forms. These are some of the conversations that you can be having with your children, particularly for my people of color listening. Y'all listen to me. Do not let what's happening now with this person being elected, this closest rendition of Massa that we've seen in our time. Don't let this distract you from the reality. We've been living this shit. We've been living this shit. Now, perhaps we have more of a desire and a sense of urgency around action, around organizing, around listening to each other and seeing what we can do to start building 
right in our own communities or the communities we're trying to get to. If you're not location-based, like my family isn't location-based, because you don't have to be rooted in a community physically to be rooted in it in terms of your actions and your beliefs and where you put your energy. That's where you can start. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fear of the Free Child with Akila S. Richards. Find Akila online at Radical Selfie. I love to sing, mm-hmm, yeah. I love to dance, watch me tap my toes. I love to smile, smile, smile. I love to laugh. Ain't nobody gonna stop me, not me I'm gonna let my soul fly free, fly free Can't nobody stop me now I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get out Cause I am so brave I am so brave, brave, brave I am so brave